All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, depending on where you are at this time. My name is John House. I'm a student at Metro High School in St. Louis. And here I have with me my mentor, my brother, Jay Todd. How you well, doing, hello, bro? hello, hello. And I am I am blessed to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, not even just on this platform, but on this assignment. I hope that uh, my thoughts, comments, and concerns can be of use to gain some knowledge and maybe just a different point of view. So let's get to it, man. Sure. All right. So this is Miss Eplin's African-American history class. Mm. And the topic of the day is really just one question. Who had the biggest or has the biggest, because it can also be present tense, who has the biggest long-term effect on the Black community? <clears throat> Ronald Reagan or Andrew Johnson? Well, uh, both. I mean, if we're, we're being transparent, uh, both are extremely racist individuals. So we'll just start with that. I mean, we're talking about an everlasting impact on African-American culture, as well as just, you know, our existence in this country. But um, if I'm being more familiar with its impacts, I would say from my standpoint, Ronald Reagan. Because um, you talk about Reaganomics, you talk about the yeah. war on drugs, you talk about these things that increase the numbers of mass, incarcer mass incarceration throughout uh, African-American individuals in this country. So, I mean, granted, you know, the, the, the other cat, Andrew Johnson, like he was extremely racist and we can go back to all of these things in terms of, you know, racism and slavery, right? But between that time to now, um, there, I'm not gonna say the country has made strides. We as a people have made strides to uh, outlast the effects of what slavery once was. However, uh, if anything, Ronald Reagan just reintroduced a new form of slavery to the people, which mm -hmm. is the slavery of drug addiction. Cause we're gonna talk about the crack pandemic that was mm -hmm. uh, released during that time due to his works with other government officials and you know other government-based entities to flood african-american communities with you know illegal weapons uh drugs and just to increase that uh nature of violence and the nature of systemic racism that you know has haven't that's, that's still to this day has an everlasting effect on the community so yeah i would say in my opinion definitely ronald reagan because we're looking at a person that helped start the beast and a person that made the beast stronger. So when I see Andrew Johnson, I'm gonna say he helped start the beast because racism uh, existed well before him. It is what yeah. it is. Um, but he was, you know, one of those people back then, you know, during the, you know, when they were trying to bring out the Freedmen's Bureau Bill and the Civil Rights Act of 1886, 1866, sorry. Um, you know, that's when they were pretty much laying down the foundation of what systemic racism can be in this country. Now, fast forwarding to Reagan's time, you know, what in the 80s yeah, where post civil rights yeah know. yeah post civil rights i mean once again it's this difference between the person who created the beast and the person who has made money is the person who helped helped the birth of the beast versus the person that has sustained and increased its strength in terms of the beast we talk about you know racism systemic racism uh i mean ronald reagan and reaganomics literally came into play to be against black folk as much as people yeah. can try to point out all of the positive effects which i don't see any from my standpoint but then again i could be ignorant because i don't i don't care about ronald reagan i, I don't, i've never cared about ronald reagan whenever i would mm -hmm. hear him and i would go over the, uh, the history that i learned about him you know as i was in high school through college even on my own political background in terms of you know my active my stance on activism and community uh 
community and social social justice, uh, I never really cared about people like uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, his, I would say, his legacy. Uh, you know, in the wake of you know Lyndon Johnson's legacy of anti discrimination laws and everything else, right? His yeah. legacy literally continued to have a widespread of poverty plaguing over communities of color, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at things like that, right, you look at people like, like, you know, Nixon and Johnson and all these people before him, leading up to him, right? Mm-hmm. They were doing this thing where, you know, we're, we're trying to do a little bit of good here, but we still want, you know, the N-words and the colors to know that there's still N-words and colors, regardless of how much people can look at anything positive from it. Uh, you know, Reagan took Nixon's war on drugs to a higher degree, which not only, you know, increased poverty and impoverished, you know, communities in terms of blackness, but it militarized the American police force, which is highly against black yeah. communities. Yes. So I don't, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't give anybody anything good about Ron Reagan or Andrew Johnson, because at the end of the day, um, Andrew Johnson's, yeah, we can do, go about the effects of what slavery and its racism then has carried over to now. However, if I can go back and, you know, look at things differently from those standpoints, uh, Reagan's, Reagan's was more strategic, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you have somebody that, in my, and this is my opinion, um, Andrew Johnson from his stance, you know, they were just setting the foundation of what they always known is Negroes to be Negroes, property, you know, they they don't have a value more than what we do, right? And that's the foundation, yeah. that's their foundation. Still wrong, still terrible, but that's their foundation. Reagan had a choice to either continue to build on that foundation or to be one of the people that can help destroy it. I mean, you look if you go back to good leaders like, uh, like JFK, you go to leaders like, uh, Bill Clinton, like Barack Obama, mm-hmm. where you have people who get put in these positions that were still found off of systemic racism, but they're trying to, uh, I would say, necessarily uh, destroy the beast, if you will. Reagan became part of the beast and once again amplified it by militarizing the American police force, also known as Slave Patrol, back in Andrew yeah, Johnson's time. Yeah, I was time. about to say Slave Patrol. <laughs> so, so when we talk about that, we want to be sure that you know we acknowledge both sides. I mean, we're talking about the battle of Lucifer versus Satan. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, literally. But, but I mean, in, in theory, I would say just because of the current impact that it still holds to this day with mass incarceration, with the quote-unquote war on drugs, which it wasn't a war on drugs, it was a war on infecting a community with drugs and then saying that it's the community's fault, which is, uh, whatever. I, I got to make sure I uh, stay PG-13. Uh, yeah, because you know, yeah. you know how I talk. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, using the most colorful language that I can <laughs> in the realms of me being controlled. However, uh, definitely Reagan, man. Reagan is, uh, to me, it's just, it's just crazy because even to this day, like black people are being murdered by police who have been militarized by Reagan. By Reagan, yeah. So you know, when we see these, like for instance, back when Mike Brown was, uh, was brutally murdered, executed, if you will. Um, you saw tanks going down first. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we yeah. had, there were tanks in North County. Like there was yeah, twenty fourteen was wild, man. Yeah, twenty fourteen yeah, like, was wild. 
and mind you, during the time I was in Kansas City, like you know, I'm from Kansas City, so during the time I'm reaching out to people who I know, I'm like, what's going on, bro? There's literally a tank right here. I'm getting people sending me a video of tanks. I remember when, um, like we we watched Mike Brown get killed live. Somebody had it on a uh, Facebook Live at the time because they were mm -hmm. just trying to make sure they could record it. Which thinking that if we record it, well, it would cease. Not at all. And I mean, when you see pivotal points like that in history, you have to go back to when were they allowed this type of access to these type of resources to do this? Because then, if you go from the militarization of the American police force, or also you know, AKA slave patrol, you go to where. Or they would be in cities like Detroit, where they were very mm -hmm. urban, urban, and they would they would be you know more so producing a healthy sense of blackness. To you go to L.A., where black people were trying to become more liberated. You know, L.A., Oakland, uh, you know, yeah, any of those parties. Yeah, in anywhere where black people were trying to start uh, liberation movements, it just so happens that in the upcoming tenure, not only are we trying to silence these movements, but we're trying to put we're trying to police. And, and prevent these movements from taking face or any type of future existence by militarizing police task force. And I mean, we're not talking about SWAT. We're talking about actual regular cops. cops. Yeah. Like I've, I've been, I've been in situations back in Kansas city where a cop, an actual cop would get out of a car, reach into his car and pull out a, a, a fully automatic weapon. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it makes, it makes no sense. It, and once again, you know, we we talk about when we talk about Reagan. We can even talk about how, you know, how there was so much money cut from lunch programs when Reagan came into office. Lunch mm -hmm. programs that directly benefited and aided in helping urban communities, specifically colored communities, specifically African American communities. Yeah. Like a lot of people were on the free lunch program. Um, that's why it's hard for you know those programs to take more away now because it was so much funding taken a while to taken away you know then to now. Um, we we don't understand how much we have an effect on something until we see it after. Reagan made waves. He made little drops in the in the pool that made tidal waves that has lasted what decades yeah like almost About, 50 years now yeah <laughs> like and going on and 50 it, years yeah. yeah going on 50 years now and it's not going to stop so you know when i when i think about when i think about people like you know andrew johnson or uh reagan you know i i don't care about that generation of racism because because that's just that's just the foundation of the racism that exists now Mm -hmm. And I can't burn that down. What I can burn down right now is what I'm facing right now. And all we have to do is keep burning and keep destroying. So I, I you know, I'm not saying I don't care about Andrew Johnson. No, he he can, you know, he can rot too. Yeah, but for sure. Uh, <laughs> but when it comes to Reagan, too, and mind you, that man, that man, I don't know if you ever seen the Boondocks where they had a theory that Ron yes, yes, because, yes, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> Huey is famous yeah. for saying that Ron, Ronald, Ronald Reagan, is the, Reagan is the devil. Yes, yeah, yeah. but a hundred percent. I mean, you, you see, you know, people of his stature in terms of his cultural beliefs, his experience, his political stances, and so on and so forth. It, you can't do nothing but it resonated to something that's a greater evil because it's not for the people or of the people or by the people. It's not even for himself. It's just yeah. to limit and delegate and to dictate and to destroy a people. A people that is, uh, you could say our existence is keen to the existence of everything in society to this day. So, mm -hmm. you know, to, to have that, I mean, hey man, Ronald Reagan, uh, I hope that you're looking up in pain. 
but uh, yeah. I hope that you hear this and hear me well. We all care, and yeah. we're the ones that's changing things to burn down. Uh, or not, because I'm not. I'm not here to stop the fire that started because the fire has already disintegrated generations of families, generations of leaders. I'm here to burn down that system now. That's what I'm here yeah. for. Yeah. All right. So we talked about Reagan a lot. We do got. I feel like we do got to touch on Andrew Johnson a little bit more because. Okay. You know, some people might not. They might know who he is, but they might not know who he is. Okay. Well, so talk, go ahead. Andrew Johnson, right? reconstruction era slavery or post-slavery post-civil war um in my opinion i feel like this is what kind of started the whole red like the small subtle start of redlining if you get where i'm going with this yeah 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 um and then particularly in the south yeah so knowing what the post-slavery slowly transitioned into Jim Crow and what the South was like at that time during Reconstruction, what do you feel like Andrew Johnson had his hands on the most? Say that one more time. What do you, so what do you feel like Andrew Johnson had like the biggest impact on during the Reconstruction era? Um, particularly in the South. Particularly in the South, I mean, once again, related to Reagan and just in general, I mean, just regaining, re rebranding the structure of slavery as imprisonment. Mm -hmm. Because when we look at, when we look at prison, well, what is prisons, especially, uh, what do you would say, uh, workshops in prisons? This just yeah. modern day slavery. Modern day I'm, slavery. Yeah. I'm, I'm owning you. You're a number. When you get put into prison, to the prison system, any system, you're labeled as a number. Therefore, being property of this of the prison when you see the name on their backs it says property of whatever you know the department of corrections whatever like it's labeling you property and the mass the mass population that exists in prison is that of black people and colored people so when you look at that he just i mean it literally was just a rebranding of slavery like when we talk about the reconstruction era it's just a rebranding era of slavery like that's what he did it wasn't a I don't, you know, as, as far as I, I I look at things, he, um, when we uh, look at Andrew Johnson, uh, what people have done in the past is try to acknowledge his uh, inability to effectively deal with like congressional changes due to his own personal limitations as a leader. And when you look at that, then I ask the question, why was he ever put in leadership in the first place? Yeah. But then again, right? We uh, we have people put into these stances who, when they come into these stances as a person versus as an agent of change, then that's when you have personal agendas that normally come out into that work, i.e. the reconstruction era, or i.e. the uh -huh. rebranding of slavery. When you're a racist, it don't matter what position you're going to get, your work still is going to scream racism. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I feel about him, like, you know, in terms of Andrew's. Andrew Johnson, whatever, but I mean, how many Johnsons and Jacksons do we know? Right? Jesus. Yeah. And, and if yeah. you think and if you think about it, right, we didn't come into this country with the last name Johnson and Jackson. Yeah. We were all like I'm pretty like I, I know for a fact to my family's decree, maybe a good two to three hundred, four hundred years back, Todd's like my descent my my family descent isn't of this country, but Todd's are. So, somewhere down the line, 
my great 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 grandpappy <laughs> was labeled <laughs> a Todd, the property of Todd, and then assumed the last name of Todd. Which is why we have so many Browns and Johnsons and Jacksons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I know so, that's a very common last name in the black community. 100%. Well, why do you think it is? <laughs> because yeah. these big slave owners <laughs> who owned all these slaves, who had multiple plantations, and it was the easiest way to have a vast amount of land and a vast amount of plantation ownership be a president having the most amount of slaves exactly be a president that's, that's the <laughs> representation of money 100 percent, 100 percent. so yeah there you andre andre i said andre uh-huh andrew jackson andrew andre jackson <laughs> that's his <laughs> legacy the rebranding of slavery he said you want sprite i'm gonna get y'all a sprite remix that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Sprite cranberries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want Mountain Dew? I'm gonna give you Mountain Dew. Uh, Baja Black People Glass. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That is time we have for today. Again, Jay, I thank you for being on this podcast. I hope everyone listening enjoyed this quick little listen. Man. I hope you listen to my fellow classmates, other podcasts as well. I'm pretty sure they have great topics. Again, my name is John, and this is Jay. Thank you, brother. God bless you, and God bless everybody who listens to this. Y'all be safe and stay dangerous. Till next time. Sir, till next time. All right, brother.